Glare us live here at awesome.com. It is the PGA, the Tuesday show. You guys know the drill. I am Ben Rezit here with Fantasy Golf Man. We're back in business. We're rested. We're refreshed. Tim, you look healthy. Uh, how was the holidays? Are you excited to be back? I'm excited to be back. No PGA is very good for your health. Like taking so a month good. off, it just does wonders uh, for the body. Um, trying to escape the college football landmines. I guess oh, that's man. probably pretty close to PGA DFS. But yeah, I'm glad to be back. I, I really like this tournament, even though it's a limited field, a no cut event. I, I'm a big fan of the course. I think it's really unique and interesting and i'm glad we're gonna have a, a little bit bigger field this year they had to let in some of the guys some of the losers like tony finau etc oh. but um a little bit bigger field to work with which which i'm a fan of 42 golfers this year uh certainly a little bigger it is kind of nice it's almost like a wgc not quite there but it's not like the hero or the tour championship which are kind of ridiculous so uh yeah i mean it's good. I, I know you've been grinding out the college football streets, which that's a whole different animal. Uh, we don't have to, we don't have to worry about some guy just magically not playing on, on Thursday. So that's uh, that's a plus. Well, I'm going to hold you to that because I'll tell you what, Jet, one of my favorite sleepers in this field is, is like 40% to withdraw. Uh, so we'll get to that as we work down. Uh, to the I bottom. don't even know who we're talking about now. No, I really don't. It's going to be, I got, I'm going to bring the, uh, bring the noise, but first things first chat. I'm very excited. I see a lot of regulars in there. Let's get it started. I see the likes going up, which we do appreciate. I'm going to mention this a couple of times during the show, but I want to get right to it off the bat because it's one of the coolest things that we've done in some time. We are doing 21 days of awesome plus platinum for $20. So you get the 21 days of Awesome of Us for only $20. You use the promo code 2021 at checkout. So it's going to give you everything we have to offer, whether it's projections, ownership, lineup builder, so much more, uh, which is obviously a great deal to take advantage of. If though, if you already know and you've tested the waters and you love what we do, and we hope that's the case, we're also doing a promo where you can get 20% off an Awesome Plus yearly platinum pass. So that's the full thing. Uh, and it's the promo code HAPPY, H-A-P-P-Y. This is the only time we're going to do that. So if you want to just take advantage and honestly save the most money, you want to commit longer term, now is the time to do it. Obviously, you're going to be seeing me and Tim weeks on weeks. There's like 60 events in 50 weeks somehow. There is a lot of golf on the schedule in 2021. Yeah, well, I'm ready, man. Let's do it. Let's just let's let's do it. We'll have double double up some of the weeks. Just I'm ready for it. Yeah, I do. I am the Benjamin Button. I had to I had to shave before the show. Get back, clean slate. We've got a lot of regulars. I want to give a shout out, especially in chat, to Charlie Jones, who every Sunday recommends Kevin Stadler on my NFL show uh, with Lofty and Alex Baker. I respect that, and it's good to see everyone here. But let's get to it. Let's talk about Kapalua. So this is the Tournament of Champions. Uh, we play this every year, Tim. The par 73, which I don't know, maybe that happens once or twice a year. Do you care about that? And what do we know about Kapalua? Yeah, played here many, many years, uh, very long, almost 7,600 yards, uh, par 73, as you alluded to. So we got an extra par five uh, Bermuda greens, but a unique course. You know, I don't think it doesn't play as long as the yardage would think. You'd think 7,600 yards and it's like massively long, but a ton of elevation changes. 
and uh, different winds and stuff. I, I, it kind of messes with the yardage. Some of the longer holes don't play that long. Some of the shorter holes play longer. Um, but it has the widest fairways on tour. Um, so, you know, kind of bombs away off the tee. Um, very big, very undulating, very slow greens. Um, but, you know, we've seen a mix of guys have success here. It's a lot like other courses. I think the farther back you go, you see some shorter hitters uh, have success. And then as the game has changed over the last couple of years, uh, pretty much dominated by the longer hitters the last few years, JT, Xander, DJ, JT again. You know, but prior to that, it was Spieth won here, Reed won here, Zach Johnson won here, Steve Stricker won here. So, I mean, if you go back, far enough back, um, you see some of the shorter hitters. And I don't necessarily think you have to be long. I think it's an advantage, and we talk about this a lot, uh, especially with the super wide fairways, the length is an advantage, but I don't think it's the end-all be I don't think you have to 100% be long to contend here. No, I mean, the guys that you just mentioned, they happen to be long, but they're not good because they're long. They're just great players. Uh, so it doesn't really matter. You did just rattle off like eight guys that have won the John Deere. Um, so you've got that going for you. I, I don't think that's something we can pull too much into because a lot of these guys don't bother with that tournament. But when you say Zach Johnson, Spieth, Stricker, those type, I think wedges is one of the things that you can pull for this event. DJ and JT would dominate the John Deere if they think what they would do there. I'm just saying they would have, they would have won if they played every year. Bryson. um, He's done some things there, but listen, like I said, this is a, it's a course that the things that stand out for me, the fairways are incredibly easy. The greens are large. You can work in and out of trouble. You need to go low and wind is the only thing that could potentially slow scoring. Yeah, very true. Um, you know, we've seen the scores, some ridiculous scores, uh, 23, 24, 22 under. Some of that due to the par 73, I think you're just naturally going to see a little bit farther under par with that extra par five. But I mean, it's it's played anywhere from incredibly easy to somewhat easy. I mean, I, the wind would have to be howling here, I think, for it to play difficult. It's a little early to look at the forecast right now. There's some wind but I don't see enough wind to say, wow, it's going to really play difficult. It's just, it's going to be tough for this place to play super hard without just an absolute howling wind. Cause like you said, you know, the fairways are really easy to hit. The greens are huge. Um, so even with a lot of wind, um, there's not a lot of trouble to be found. Um, so yeah, I, I would expect there to be a ton of birdies this week, regardless, even if there is a touch of wind. Even last year, the first couple rounds were really windy. Uh, and I'm not saying it was the easiest, but guys still went very, I mean, Neiman opened last year with 66, JT 67, like even in the windiest of conditions, there was still plenty of birdies out there. Uh, Obviously this is one with a non-cut, you know, for people that are new to DFS golf, obviously welcome. Should have been watching the show for years, but we'll let it slide. 42 guys. This is a non-cut. Everyone is going to get 72 holes. So clearly outscoring your position is going to be something. Is there anything that you're doing differently in terms of applying it to the course? Or is this just, you know, we know what we're doing. It's the same every year. We just got to pick good golfers. Yeah. I mean, you know, as far as just from a DFS standpoint and and roster construction, I think you're going to have to try harder to be contrarian, try harder to be unique in the fact that we only have 42 people in this tournament. Um, so whether that's being leaving money on the table, 
whether that's being really concentrating on playing lower own guys. I, I think this week um, is just one of those weeks along with all the other small field events, like you said, like the tour championship, um, where you really have to focus on, on trying to be unique. And there's a couple of different ways to do that. We can talk about it, but um, you know, just, just firing up like six chalky guys in a large field tournament is a bad idea this week. No, that's not the answer. Um, and yeah, we're, we're going to get into it. 100% Marinsky. That's one way to do it. Uh, there is one slight problem. How did he? So he won. He won the Barracuda. Yeah. Okay. I just talked about this on a different show. Anyway, let's get into it. We've got some guys. We have five, even though it's a small field, there are five big name players in terms of the 10K range. Uh, and I'll go backwards. Why? Because it's the first show. I could do whatever I want. Xander's at 10, Bryson at 10, 2, Rom at 10, 4, JT 10, 7, DJ the only guy. Uh, north of that at 11,000. So he leads off the pricing. Listen, Tim, I know I can speak for you when we say this. If any of them bring their A game, that's the one you want. They're all extremely good. Most of them have dominated here already. How do you order what is obviously the five best players? Yeah, this is tough. This seems like the kind of the game we've been playing almost every week since we came back from the restart is trying to decide which of these great players is going to have success this week. And we've seen it go from JT to Rom to DJ Bryson. Um, so like you said, any of, the, any of these guys can play great. Honestly, the overwhelming theme for me at the top is just ownership. I think if we can get uh, an ownership discount on any of these guys, that will be huge. Um, you know, we, I guess we didn't really talk about, you know, a lot of these guys we haven't seen since the masters. That was two months ago. Some of these guys we saw at Mayakoba or in Dubai at the European Tour Championship, but that still was a month ago. But I still think people are going to lean on stats and quote-unquote recent form just because that's all we have. But I think that's going to be kind of really an inefficient way. It's going to lead to inefficient ownership, and it's hard. I mean, there's nothing else to go off of. You want to say, oh, well, DJ's playing great or this guy's playing great. But it's been two months since we've seen a lot of these guys or at least a month, and it's hard to say if that's going to carry over. So um, for me, I like Bryson. Oh, okay. And this, and this is why, and, and it really does have to do with ownership. Um, you know, he's a guy we've seen him up and down. People have been like hot and cold on him one week. We think he's the best player in the world. And one week we hate him. The masters, everybody thought he was going to be amazing and he wasn't great. Um, but I think his volatile style um, the course fit, I think is great. The super wide fairways, the long course, the no cut event, I think helps him. If he fires eight balls into the Pacific ocean on Thursday, you're not completely dead. Um, but, but it all has to do with whether the public is going to be on him. I mean, the public has kind of jumped on and off. This doesn't feel like a spot where, uh, the whole world is going to be on him. I haven't kind of gone through a lot of content yet. I don't know what, what is your, idea on Bryson because I love him if he's not going to be mega popular so obviously that's one of the many I already just talked about this and we have it of course for every sport the ownership projections that Alex puts out gonna be very very important this week because you're gonna have to change it up from what I can gather I think that JT will be the most popular and I think that Bryson or Rom will be the least popular of the five uh, I think that people are worried about Rom's club change, which I have no idea if that matters. And I think Bryson, he's very polarizing. A, people don't like him. And B, he's the only one of the five to me that he's live to do anything in terms of downside. Like JT, 
I would be stunned if he doesn't play average at worst. Like he rarely just takes you out of it. I think he's the safest. So if you're going to get Bryson at that discount, I see where you're going. I want to ask you this though. Do you have any interest in trying to take two of these guys in the same lineup? It is appealing. I think the problem that you end up with is now you're left with having to play four players. I don't know. I think it was around 7,700 around 8k. And while some of the guys in the upper sevens, low eights, I, I think have the talent to contend, it, it's hard. You're going to have to pick like maybe two guys, you know, Ryan Palmer, Carlos Ortiz down there in a, in a condensed field. You're almost going to need, you know, all six guys to where be in the top 10, top 15-ish. So it's going to be hard to come up with guys um, from down there that you feel confident in, in contending or at least finishing in the top 10. I mean, I definitely think you can do it being a no cut event. Um, I don't know. I was more of a fan of maybe one guy up here and then more of a balanced build, but I haven't built too much this week. It's listen, when you have these small fields, there's obviously elevated chance that two of them really, really get up there, but you're going to need, I talk about this a lot. They're going to have to soak up a ton of placement points because if they don't, there's going to be so many two V twos or three V threes or one V ones off your lineup uh, where they take, not another guy they take someone in the nines it'll probably box you out unless you know jt and bryson are one two and then you have obviously set up where you just need the right flyers around them yeah i mean there's there's a lot of different ways you can go i definitely experimented with two of these guys um like i said i just didn't, i didn't feel confident there wasn't a lot of guys in the low seven six k range that i felt super comfortable with that uh, that i thought could contend here but I mean, we'll have to see. Yeah. So for me, I mean, I would honestly order these guys in reverse order of what their ownership is going to be. I, I just think it's that, um, well, there's so many unknowns this week, having not seen guys in one to two months, having them all be similar skill levels, having them be very, very hard to differentiate from each other. I would simply just take the lowest owned guy and, and would say he's the best play out of the top. I know that's boring, but it's, we really don't have a lot to work with. This is not a normal tournament where we can see guys kind of trending upwards, trending downwards. They all have similar skill sets. It, you know, if you can find an ownership discount, that's going to be the best way to go this week. Look, look at you, 2021 game theory fantasy golf man, not that's just bad. jam JT. What I mean, wrong? hey, I love JT, but we, who, we don't know. I mean, the quicker you realize that you just don't know who's going to, who out of JT, Rom, DJ, who out of these guys is going to be the guy this week, especially in a tournament when we haven't seen these guys in two months, the quicker you realize that and just say, give me the lowest owned guy, I, I think is the better, the better way to go this week. Yeah. I mean, I'm, listen, I'm on that wavelength for me, it's Rom uh, of the lower, like, I, I think that I don't worry about club change with a guy like that. Maybe works through it. Maybe doesn't, who knows? Time will tell, but. I expect a huge year from him to get started immediately. Let's go to the nines though. Uh, we've got obviously more options here about that. That's just a lie. There's five guys in the nines. I could have just looked before I said that we've got Cantley, Reed, Webb, Hovland, and Decky. My first question is, do you think it is, I don't want to say prudent, but like, do you think it's possible to start with the nines and omit the first five? That's a tough one because you, I mean, you'd have to think one of these five guys, I mean, that's where all the win equity is in this event. It's hard to see, um, you know, outside of those five guys, I, I'd be more of a fan of mixing and matching, maybe taking one from the 10 K range, 
one of these guys from the 9K range and try to go that route. Um, I mean, you, you could do it, but it's just in a, in a 40-man field with five real alphas at the top. I mean, it, it would be tough for me to fade that entire group. It's Can it be done? Of course. It's really difficult because not only do you need them not to win, but if a rando wins, they could still easily be the guy that you need around them. Um, so unless a couple guys in the nines box them out, it's going to be difficult. But looking at this range, it's tricky. So Reed and Hovland did play in Europe. Do you care about that? They have a little more recent form to go off of. Yeah, I think the guys that played over in the European Tour Championship, it's a little bit more of a recent result. I mean, it's still a month old, yeah. so it's not, you know, um, it's not like it happened last week. I, I, I take a little bit uh, of stock in that, but I also think so is the public. I, I, I think they're going to gravitate towards these guys because you look at Hovland, um, you know, won Mayakoba, third uh, in the European Tour Championship, and that looks good, but that was still three weeks ago. Um for me, I don't think anybody's going to play Cantlay at 9,800. They're not. Um, so I think it's a great spot for him. I mean, I think this is just a great week to play the ownership game just because we're not sure what's going to be happening because uh, we haven't seen any of these guys in a while. And it's such a small field. You're going to need these edges in ownership. He just seems like a guy he's sandwiched. You know, he's right below the 10K range with guys like Xander, Bryce, and Rom. Um, and then he's got Reed at 9,600, which I think a lot of people will like because he's been playing amazing golf. He was third uh, in the European tour championship a couple weeks ago, and he's got a great course history here. He's got a win. He's got two runner ups. Um, and, but Canley is just, I mean, he just steady. He was 17th at the masters. Uh, he had a win a couple weeks prior to that. I know that was, that was you know, quite a while ago, but I mean, he played well since the restart, just not as flashy, not as big of a name as these other guys. I don't think he generally draws as much interest as guys like Xander or Bryson. And I think if no one's playing Cantlay, I'd be happy to go that route. It was kind of like, a, to me, a low-key Rory-esque run for him. Like yeah. it, was, it wasn't it was up to his standards, but when you really look, it wasn't nearly as bad as it seemed. He gained T to green in every single event in 2020. Uh, that's pretty damn good. Rarely, if ever, misses a cut. Not that that matters here, but I, I totally agree. No one's going to go to him. I will say that I like Reed and I like Decky. Uh, I know Decky doesn't get here recently because he doesn't win, but he is here when he has been here. He's liked the course, two good finishes, um, ball striking, fantastic. I worry, can he make enough putts? But at flat 9K, I have no problem uh, using Decky as my second man in. Yeah, I mean, he's played well here. He's played three years, second, third, and fourth in those events. I mean, all you know, all of these guys, even the 9K range, it's just, you know, it feels obviously just like a toned down version of the 10 K range. I mean, these guys are all uh, playing well or, or were playing well, all great players. Um, you know, course history, it's tough here. It's a lot like the tour championship. You look at guys and, and if they've played here multiple times, they're going to have multiple top tens. Um, so I try top not 25s. To, yeah. I try not to put too much uh, stock in that. I guess the other guy I'm just got, I'm, I'm going galaxy brain contrarian this week. Uh, what about Webb in 9,400? It does not seem at 7,600 yards, does not seem like a Webb course. Um, but we've seen the shorter guys play well. We said ZJ, we said Stricker, Speed, Reed, not the longest guy. Um, 
I don't know. He just seems like another guy. If no one's going to play him, Wedge and Putter uh, can get it done. Bermuda Greens. I don't know. He's another guy. If no one's going there, I don't mind playing Webb either. Webb. So I, I do think that 7,600 yards is misleading for what, when you hear that, you, you, you start to think of a player that I don't think correlates perfectly with this course. Not saying it hurts him, but there are guys that have proven it. That that's not a problem. When you look at how easy this is off the tee, you've said many times, and it's kind of hard to argue with this. If you took off the tee away, you might choose Webb over any player on tour uh, with the rest of his game, especially on Bermuda. Not bad. I, I can't believe you recommended Cantlay. I would have, I can't believe that you didn't say like JT and we go to Hovland. Look it's at this. It's a new year, man. I'm just, I, I did some soul searching in the last four weeks and here we are. It's galaxy brain, Tim. You're going to let when, when JT wins by like 40 shots, no, and next still- next week we're just playing. <laughs> next week I'm just playing all the guys Rock. that did well and putted like shit this week. But Smart. I mean, I don't have anything to go off of. So, hey, we got to mix it up. And listen, 42 man field, that's what you got to do. Uh, super chat from Charlie Jones. I'm going to read this on the fly. Are people just under us to, undershooting on the really good golfers who don't make a lot of sense? I mean, how much of a flyer is anyone? Webb Cantley Stadler. Okay, so we got we got Stadler in there. I like it. Appreciate it. That is definitely removing him one way to go though because the ownership can't be towards everyone obviously it's not to say these guys aren't going to garner any ownership they're really good players people will use them but Cantley in particular it feels like no one's going to want to start with him and if you're going to use him as your second man I think most people would just want Xander as their second man in yeah and and the thing is is are all these guys going to be owned sure you're not going to get anybody at two percent just because of the the nature of the field but if you can get somebody at 12% as opposed to 24%, that's, you know, the number itself might not look that low, but in comparison to the other players, I think that's what's important at, you know, 12% compared to 30%. It's not, yeah, you're not going to get any of these guys at 3%. That's for sure. You would have got Kevin Stadler at 3%. I can guarantee that, but we don't, if they made him like 4100 or something they should that's a whole nother discussion we really need to do that all right let's get to the mid-range 8ks this truly is more options and we kick it off with finau who gets here by being in the uh, tour championship they extended it morikawa english a lot of names here so i'll just open it up to you uh you could start with finau i i do like him i think he can obviously outscore his placement it's a good course for him what do you do in this range though there's a lot of different types of players yeah. How ironic would it be for Finau to win here at an event that he shouldn't even be at? That would I mean, be tournament, fitting. Tournament of champions and the guy that can't win is here. Um, yeah, I, I think Finau, like you said, great fit. I mean, it's perfect. The price is good. Um, this is not a major, but I mean, this is more the, the feel of, you know, a kind of a mid-range Finau as opposed in a strong field as opposed to the, you know, 11K Finau at a weak field. That's what I... I've always liked, I think he will be popular. Um, I don't have any problems with Morikawa. It feels like he's cooled off a little bit. Hovland's heated up a little bit. Scheffler's heated up a little bit. And now they're all priced together. And he's not even the most expensive of the group. And I mean, he's still more accomplished than those other guys with the wins that he has. I think he's been over his, you know, the short careers of all these guys. He He's had the most success, been the most consistent um, I know he hasn't played all that well. He was 10th in the European Tour Championship. Um, 
you know, I, it just feels like you're maybe getting a little bit of a discount him on him when you compare him to uh, Hovland and Scheffler, who he's been, you know, we saw Maury Cowell all the way up in the 10K range. Don't mind him. God, we have English and Berger just right next to each other. Just never, ever those guys. I won't go there. Um, I don't know. If Berger's bad on seven par 72s, how bad is he on par 73? Yeah, this is really I mean, not seen to no um, chance L he plays well here, right? Yeah, I listen, he, he does some things. Obviously, he can putt and he's a good player. But to me, Finau, Morikawa, I'll go to the bottom of the range. Neiman, Sunjay, Scott, even answer, but probably to a lesser extent. Yeah. So Scott is really interesting to me. I, I think in the same way that I don't want to just play guys because they were playing well two months ago, because that really means nothing to me. I also think guys that were playing poorly two months ago, it's like, I hate to use this, but it's like the layoff can't, it, it, right? It's like, hey, let's hit the reset button and maybe we found something. Not that Scott was playing terrible, but I think, you know, he was just kind of boringly okay. He was a guy that never plays much anyway. I think that got really screwed up by the COVID season. Um, 8,100, I think is just a, a really good price for him. I don't know. There's concerns with the putters. It's always like you have to figure out what putter this guy is going to be using. If he's like, he's using putter A, it's like he's a lock. And if he's using putter B, he, you can't play him. And it's like, we have to pay attention to all that crap. But I just think 8,100, I don't know if a ton of people will go there. Um, I don't know. It was just an interesting price for him. I mean, I think we've thought Adam Scott, at least I've thought he's been done multiple times. And then he comes back and wins multiple events i mean he did win an event before the restart right didn't he win was it a tory or riviera he, well he then he didn't play for like yeah. yeah he won genesis genesis there we go um, um yeah he's just a hard guy to get a to get a handle on um but i think i think the price is good and i think if we're just flying blind here with, with a lot of unknowns i think he's a good play yeah i i like him too obviously we don't know can he make enough putts the putter i mean just stick with one i know but whatever i think we'd both say if you're gonna embrace something embrace that who who knows with putting wildly variant a couple questions about this range friend of the show mr daniel johnson any merit to fading everyone above 8.5k and leaving a ton of salary i get that concept i think that's a little much though there's too much win equity to cut out like the first 12 golfers in a 40 man field that's to me a little too aggressive yeah, I would agree. I think you can leave money on the table. I think sometimes people can be too aggressive. You know, this isn't the hero where there's 14 guys. I think exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Let's try and leave like 3,500 on the table and see what happens. Um, I, I think you can overdo it in a 42 man field. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if I'd go that right. I don't have a problem with leaving. Hey, let's leave a thousand dollars on the table. Um, but um, if, you, if you get overly aggressive, I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's listen, you're gonna need to score. Obviously, birdie or better. Um and it's hard to see, you know, none of the guys above like 9k. It's hard to you you're going to have some of those guys in, in the mix. Um it would take something, it would take a really low-owned winner. There would be a lot that would need to happen. And to me, there's just easier ways to play it than that. What do do you have any take on on Neiman or Sunjay? You're just kind of indifferent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I like them both. I played a lot of Sung Jay coming down the stretch. Um, of course, jumped off right at the Masters when I thought he was done, and that's when he finished second. Um, but I don't mind either of these guys. I mean, both young guys 
ton of upside price is good on both of them. I mean, it, it's just really hard to break down, you know, guys that we haven't seen in two months. I, I, I think they're both fine plays. I think the price is good. I think the upside is there. You could see them uh, both contending here. I want to know about your boy, Cam Smith. Like, it, I don't so, know. It's like, I don't know what to do with him here at 8,400. He's someone that I'm going to take what you said. And I'm not just going to necessarily flip it where it's like, Oh, if you're playing bad, you're good. And if you're playing good, you're bad. But Cam Smith was playing at an insane level. Um, as good as I've ever seen him play. And now he hasn't played in two months. Maybe he comes out and he just retains that. But I do think there's a lot of scenarios where he regresses quite a bit. So with that in mind, I think people will look at the recent form and overvalue him. I think he's overpriced and he'll be overowned. That's obviously a combination that I, I'm not drawn to. So uh, I'm going to be under on him. And it's more a product, I think, that the field likes him just more than I do. Yeah, I mean, I, I would tend to agree. I, I just think the results from two months ago, like you said, are just going to be overvalued uh, for, for any of these guys. And I, I think, yeah, it's going to lead to the ownership going in spots where I, I don't necessarily think it should. Yeah, I mean, listen, that's why obviously we will have plenty of coverage on that. I do want to say, normally this is when I say tomorrow night, me and Jason Roslin breaking it all down live before lock. That is true, but it's not true. It's not going to be tomorrow night. We're actually going to do live before lock chat Thursday afternoon, right before the tournament. I believe it's one o'clock. We will be counting you down. We'll be here for questions literally live before lock. So we're going to do that because it's the Hawaii swing. Get after it. Then we'll go back to normal schedule. So we'll have that posted and ready to go. Let's get to the sevens. This is where obviously, Tim, we start to being able to mix it up. You're going to have lower owned players. We've got Champ, Kisner, Sergio. I want to talk about Leishman. Everything you said about Adam Scott is literally just applicable to Leishman. What do you do here? This could be your third man in. Um, You can mix and match these guys. Who stands out? Yeah, yeah, Champ really stands out for me. But this is one of those where I feel like, boy, a lot of people are going to go there because of what we saw towards the end. It's kind of like everything I said to avoid is is what want is making me want to play champ, and that's going to be the hard one. Um, but I just think it's a good setup, kind of similar to Bryson. I mean, tremendously wide fairways, um, so the, all the length off the tee and, and being a little wild is not going to hurt him. Um, he played so well coming down the stretch. He can get super hot, and we can just see him bombing and putting. Um, I think the price is good. I think the upside is there. Even the scoring upside, if he doesn't have – you know, the placement points that you're looking for. Um, but I do think he'll be popular. I, I just think it, it makes a lot of sense. And I think the price is good and people will go there, but he might be that guilty piece of chalk that I eat this week. I don't know. Uh, listen, you could do worse than that. I, I say a lot. I, I really do like as we get lower to lean on some players that do one thing at an elite level, rather than guys that are just like, Sunjay-esque but worse where it's like they're average everywhere I'd Cameron Champ off the tee is as good as anybody um not everyone can say that down here what do you make of like Munoz someone like that he's gonna be I think pretty popular Bermuda can score so what you said about Cam Smith it was exactly what I thought about Munoz um you know, it felt like he, he played great. I mean, there's no way there's no way around it uh, after the restart. He played great. 
but I don't know. I mean, it's possible. And I think it's probable that maybe he was just playing a little bit over his head Mm -hmm. and that's not where his true talent level is at. So, I mean, you couple that with him probably playing out of his mind better than what he really is. And you give him, you know, a month off. Plus he he missed the last two cuts of the year anyway. Um, I I don't think I'm going to go there. I was a big fan of his because he was just hit striking it so well, playing at such a consistent level. But now that we have a chance to take a step back and look at it, it does feel like he was a little bit over his head. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to steal your thunder with Leishman's. You tell me what, what, what do you got on leash? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I kind of almost want you to steal my thunder because I think this might go really wrong and then we can blame you. Uh, He obviously, all right. So let's dig into Leishman a little. He comes off the restart. He finished third. So I'm going all the way back to March. He came in second at Arnold Palmer. Then we had the break. He came back at Charles Schwab and missed the cut. And that was in June. From that point all the way through the Zoizo, his best finish on tour was 29th. And that was at the tour championship. So that's actually not a real thing. So he basically (laughs) did nothing. Then he goes to the Masters and he comes in 13th. I don't know exactly what to make of that. Uh, he did find something there. Then he played at the OHL. He was horrible again. Your guess is as good as mine. Do you think that the hard restart can help him? I do, because this is a guy we've seen for years play really well. Yes, it cannot hurt him. Um, and you left that he won where he won at Tory. So like before the break, and I know we're going way back now, but he had a win at Tory. He had a second at Bay Hill. He was playing, you know, some of the best golf in the world. And like you said, just abysmal uh, until he comes to the Masters and plays fine. Um, I, I think 7400 is a really good price. I think in an event with so many unknowns, we really don't have a clue what any of these guys are going to do. He's got a ton of upside here. Um at least we've seen him play well at the masters. Okay. I mean, I know this was now it's two months ago, but we saw something and it doesn't take much to get me to want to play Mark Leishman, a guy who's we've seen play well for years on years and years now. And he's, he's not the most consistent guy as he's proved this year. I mean, he's just never been that kind of guy, but the upside is there. um, And I think the price is good. And I think these are just the kind of plays that you have to embrace in an event like this. It's like, yeah, you could, you know, sure, play Billy Ho and take your, you know, T17, or we could try, try and get a little something going with Leishman, who I think at least we saw something at the Masters um, and the fact that everybody's had a month off and we're not really sure what's happening. I like him a lot. It could blow up terribly, but you know what? We're going to take that chance. Yeah, when you said Billy Ho, I was going to say 16th. So we're on the same. uh, That's what he does. The thing about Leishman is this. If you wait, say you wait, and he plays really well here, it's over in terms of grabbing the value. It doesn't mean you're going to get burned because he may not be popular. But you can't just say, oh, now he's playing better. I'll play him. Well, the price is going to adjust. The ownership is going to be there. And now you're just on an even playing field. If you think the time is now, then you have to at least buy in – And I think off a cold restart with a guy that when we've seen him here, he's played phenomenal inside the top 10 uh, in 2018 and 2019. I'm willing to take that risk. Obviously it could, you mentioned he's been horrible for months on months outside of the masters, but you have to do something. Uh, And yes, we've said this many times about Leishman, but he hasn't had a two month layoff 
in a long time. You don't get that unless it's the end of the year, but no doubt there's risk. Anybody else as we work down, you've got like Kokrak, Ortiz. I think Ryan Palmer is someone worth mentioning for sure. Yeah, you know, I think Kokrak is fine in this type of event. Um, kind of a wild man. You're not really sure what you're going to get from him, but he's going to score. There's no cut. I think he's hot and cold. So, you know, worth a shot. Um, Ortiz for me, he feels like another guy. Um, yeah. He was playing great one at Houston. I think he was eighth at where Mayakoba, but again, those results were, you know, four to seven, eight weeks ago. Um, but I think people are going to see that. It's like, Oh, he's coming in hot off a win and an eighth. Well, he's another guy. I don't know. Not the consistent, not the most consistent guy in the world. Um, but I think people are going to see that and want to play him. I'm with you. I, I'd rather lean on a guy like Palmer, Palmer, Kokrak, I don't know. Take shots with these wild men um, and, and see what you're going to get out of four rounds. Cause down here, there's not a lot, but you know, below seven K, I don't know. There's not a ton of guys or really any guys that I say, yeah, this is, this is the dude we need to jam in. I mean, it's, you're, you're really just taking shots on some flyers down here. So with that logic, are you trying to possibly land your teams with no one in the sixes? <sighs> no. I mean, I think you're going to have to, I think you're going to have to take, take a shot with some of these guys. I just don't feel confident. That's the problem. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I do think the 6K range, and we can get there, then we'll, you know, give some final thoughts. We'll bounce on out of here, obviously. We have plenty of content, not just here, the tools behind the paywall, which you can use those promo codes, whether it's 2021, we're happy to get in there for golf and every other sport. We have so much going on. NBA, CFB is running down. That just means college basketball. Me and Matt Kajeski going to be firing up a college basketball show on Saturdays. Uh, be dropping some plays at Charleston Southern. They're about to tip off. We'll see what happens. That's neither here nor there. But yes, I think with the sixes, you kind of have to split them up. There's a couple guys in here who literally won a tournament and they've done nothing else at all. And they have no form. And then there's some other guys that got here, just product of being in the tour championship. We're playing a little more consistent golf. I guess you can go to some of those. And I, I'm worried about Lanto's ownership. He's projecting as very early to be very popular relative to the range. For me, that's a fade. What do you say about a possibly a popular Lanto? I mean, Lanto, throw him in the the Harris English, Daniel Berger bucket and just fire all three of those guys into the sun for me. Yeah, tell me about it. Uh, no. Mars. It's a no-go for me. Um Honestly, I can't believe I'm going to tout this guy. I, I absolutely cannot stand him. I don't think I've ever wanted to play him in my life. But I think he's the guy you go to below 7K. I hope it's not my guy. I have one guy down here. My guy's Kevin Na. God, what? All right. So pause. The We're going to just, I said at the beginning of the show, well, my guy is like 40% to withdraw. And you looked at me <laughs> like I had Kevin Na. Is there some nah. news or is this just general Kevin Na? No. Nah? I mean, like, how many times has Kevin Na just with the back? Okay, I worry. Not like he's not like his wife's not having a baby or something. I, as far as I know, he is good to go. I just, please take it away. We are, we have the same logic. I, I mean, dude, I look, I'll preface this all by saying I cannot stand him. And I have, <laughs> I don't think I've ever played him, but yeah. if you look at the results, I mean, not consistent, but the guy figures out a way to contend and win in all types of courses in kind of all types of fields, you know, he was 13th at the masters, ninth at Memorial fifth at the travelers, ninth at WGC Mexico. 
I mean, these are good fields. Um, last year, he won the Shriners. He won Colonial. He, he's inconsistent, but I think um, you just kind of in, in, embrace the variance in a different way. He's not like – he's like a madman, but a weird, like, putting, scrambling guy, not like your Kokrak's Ryan Palmer's. I mean, it doesn't seem like the best course for him. But, I mean, if you had to tell me, like, hey, like, pick one of these guys below 7K that finishes in the top five, I mean, it would be nah for me. I, I, I just – He's got a very high chance of blowing up a lot like Leishman. Um, but I, I just think you know, there's not a lot down here. And I, and I do, you know, I said I don't feel confident, but a, a, of anybody, it would be not for me. A couple things. All right. Going to Odd Chopper. Oddchopper.awesome.com. You can get the best price. Betting certainly creates value from yourself. Five and a half to one for a top 10 on Kevin Na. To me, that's a go. That's uh, not even like top 10 is like what top yeah. quarter of the field. You got to beat like four guys. Um, <laughs> Kevin nah, on in theory doesn't fit this course and it's going to keep his ownership down for a lot of reasons. But you mentioned at the beginning of the show, who does this sound like Zach Johnson, Steve Stricker, Jordan speed. If I threw in Kevin nah, would you say, wow, he doesn't fit in that bucket. He does it in that way. And the thing about Kevin nah. Yes, there's a lot of times where he's just not there. He's not competitive. Off the tee is horrendous. When he is on, he went, you know, he is up there. He contends. He is not someone that's afraid to grab placement points for you. To speak to the other side of it, obviously, <laughs> somehow last year at the Tournament of Champions, he lost 7.7 strokes off the tee. I, I don't know how that's really possible. But listen, we don't really care because to me, if you come in, 28th or 31st or 42nd it's probably all the same you want the guy to score make a ton of putts make a ton of birdies Kevin Nas the one of the few guys if maybe the only guy down here that I think unlocks some equity in terms of the ceiling I agree I mean all the other guys down here I I would feel like well we're just playing um and we're just just praying to God they finish, you know, T 17th and don't absolutely kill you. Nas, the one guy that you feel like you could go to and Hey, maybe he actually has a decent chance of doing something for me. I hate, I just hate playing the guys where you're just praying they don't kill you. And they really have almost no chance of, of actually helping you and finishing maybe inside the top 15. It's like, well, yeah, sure. You could play a guy like Nick Taylor and you're just, just holding on for dear life that he doesn't finish, you know, T41 or something. That's, that's, we're, we're not going there. We're, we're going to take, we're going to swing for the fences a little bit. You have to. And I, I do think chat's talking about this right now. And I think it's honestly a really good point. It, like if you're consistent, inconsistent every year, isn't that consistent? Yeah. And I, I call that predictably random. I think Louie is like that. Kevin Nas, like that. these guys, you have no idea what you're going to get, but you also know on a macro level, they're going to have a couple of tournaments where they're just on fire. And then they're going to have a couple of tournaments. They don't show up literally with Louie. He actually just doesn't come to the tournament. Um, so you have that going for you. The so, other guy I, I do. <laughs> Martin Laird is getting ownership. Why? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know either. I, I, I gave Martin Laird a look, but boy, outside of, outside of that win, it was, it was like, there's nothing there for him. I think he's probably garnering ownership because of course history. He's got a second here. He's got a fourth here. Yeah, way second. back. 
like 2012 literally yeah i don't even think DraftKings was around when he had that those finishes um that that's the only reason i can think of him gaining any ownership because outside of the win there was there was nothing at all there so i no, i cannot put my stamp of approval on martin laird that's a no for me dog uh is there anyone so we're down to the final like eight to ten guys here Andrew Landry, if I had to, I'm going to try to avoid it, but I, I'd rather have him than Brian Gay, Hudson Swafford, Robert Streb, Richie Wierenski. Yeah. I mean, like if you put a gun to my head, it'd be Nick Taylor, but I don't think I'm going below. Nah. Um, Agree. These guys are not, I mean, they're not, none of these guys are playing well and none of these guys really would I have any confidence? Well, I guess none of these guys are playing well. Streb coming off a win, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that's what I'm saying. Streb's coming off a win. Why don't you zoom out? He's also got like one made cut in like nine months. It just happened to be a win at RSM. He's done. And I'm a Streb guy. I don't, I don't think that's the answer. Uh, the, alter, the alternate event Kings guy, like uh, Punta Cana, you know, RS, if there's a good event going on somewhere and there's a crappy event, he's going to win the crappy event. I played Streb in the open once. I don't remember which one, but I played Streb at a major. He did not make the cut. I played Streb the event he snapped his putter and putted on the back nine with a wedge and shot 30. I shit you not. I had him. I played him that week. See, this kind of stuff. That's what I need in 2021. Just stupid, <laughs> lucky things. It's like, oh, well, that's great. He's done. He's putting with a bladed wedge. And then the guy just goes unconscious. Uh, I vaguely remember that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think you want to mess around there. Um, honestly, I don't think you want to mess around in the sixes. I, I do like Kevin Na. I think he's very sneaky. But that's a tournament play. I'm not jamming Kevin Na. That's ridiculous. He could finish truly his DFL equity is through the roof same with leachman they're the only guys though i think that have the actual full range of outcomes and that's really valuable with only 42 players do we move the needle enough to pump up kevin Nas ownership am i, I gonna, so am i gonna open up the app on thursday afternoon and he's gonna be like 34 percent owned he will be in the in the pme contest i i i gave him a big shout out there we'll see did i i think pat, that had agree did he put his no not really i mean he thank god i don't know um yeah it's gonna be a big year for all of us chat we're gonna get after it here just transitioning final thoughts like i said we're gonna bounce on out of here obviously it's only 42 guys once we get a full field we'll get fully back in business do you like to bet an event like this or is this something that you you just think that the prices are so sandwiched yeah no i absolutely hate betting events like this i because i'm a sucker for long long shots so it's like, I like the majors because you get guys, it's like, oh, Brendan Grace, you get like a good player, like 150 to one, or I like the really terrible events, RSM, uh, you know, John Deere, but these, you know, the WGCs, the playoff events, it's tough because even the guys, it's like, yeah, well, you know, Leishman's got a chance, but even at 66 to one, it's like, I don't know. Um, so no, this is not, this is not a great betting event next week, Sony open. That's uh, much more my style. Should be a really bad field. Should be a lot of short hitters. A lot of guys at 100 to one we can bet. But uh, this isn't. This is not my style of a betting event. But you could bet like guys to finish inside the top 25 and then pad your 
your Twitter game because you can cash a bunch of them this week. That's very true. We got to start off the week uh, padding stats. We could, you know, maybe we could part. You know what you got to do? You parlay Bryson with your favorite NFL wildcard weekend. Washington. I mean, yeah, like, you know, Bryson with, I don't know who, I don't even know who, the Bills or something. I don't even know who's. Oh, don't, don't jinx the Bills here. We need (laughs) the Bills to get it done. Don't be throwing them out as can't miss mega mind locks. They need to get it done. Uh, Yeah. I mean, like anything, listen, it's the, I'm very excited for golf to be back, but it's the first event. It's a 42 man non-cut and we haven't seen players for two months. Uh, I'm going to tread lightly. I'm going to build some correlated lineups, especially towards the bottom. I'll pick a skill set. I think someone like Mackenzie Hughes, who we didn't mention, he does something phenomenally. Now, the thing he does phenomenally is high variance, so I don't really like that, but at Speaking least he does 90 it. foot putts, yes. Yeah. Really um, he'll be, yeah, and he'll have the opportunity to do that because these greens are huge, so... We can get there. Don't be afraid to leave salary on the table. Obviously, if you're new to DFS golf, what I truly would recommend, get inside the ropes, get in our Slack chat. I'll be holding office hours tomorrow. Look at the tools, whether it's projections, ownership, our pro plays where me, Jason, Alex, the whole team, we, we give our exposures out, kind of how we would mold an MME type setting. Uh, I do it a little differently, obviously, because I hand build. We've got a lot of different options there. And then we have the, the content ton of articles from the whole team, uh, myself included. Obviously, this is the show where we give you the real goods. You guys know that. The, you give out the pro plays. I give out the amateur plays. That's right. So we got it covered. We got the whole I'm in the you're, slack. You're I the give the you the amateur fairy. plays. Um, no, listen, you are uh, – it's a whole new world. I don't know what to do. I'm going to have to brush up on my game theory. You're dropping knowledge with we're Patrick going, We're going complete game theory, bro, here in, in 2021. All right. Yeah. Hey, I respect it. Game theory is how you get it done in a high various sport like this. Wow. Bears beat Saints. I don't know about that. I'd love to see it though. Um, all right. Final thoughts before we bounce on out of here. What is the first of many Tuesday two thirty shows? Yeah. I mean, the final thought is we, this is an event, not like any of the others. Cause we don't know. We really don't know what's going on. If you don't no recent form, no stats. Um, so really all the stuff that you think that you want to lean on, all the stuff that other people are going to lean on sort of erroneously um, like results from two months ago, just got to try and get away with that. It's, I think it's the best week of the year to be contrarian because it's, it's a high variance sport anyway. And this is probably the most high variance event of, of the, well, maybe not, I, but there's no cut, but yes, I know what you're saying. <laughs> as far as us not really having a great grasp on what's going to happen. I think this is, this is one of those events. So yeah, you got to kind of, maybe this is a great week to just zig, uh where other people are gonna zag yep and and i'll echo that and i I will talk to the other side of it though that doesn't mean just play all low owned guys and create like there's still likelihood there's a reason guys are lower owned than others and it's most likely because they have less chance of success you're just willing to sacrifice some of that for leverage uh it's a fine line and that's what we're going to talk about on the true live before lock on thursday afternoon how to do that without being crazy so um on that note, chat, we're going to bounce on out of here. Hit the like button on your way out, preferably the thumb up as chat talks about. We, we need those. Follow us on Twitter. You got myself at JazzRazDFS, Tim at Fantasy Golf Man, uh, and we'll be back. You guys have any questions, you hit us up on Twitter. You find us in Slack. Let's start the year off right with some big winners from chat. That is the plan. Good luck, everyone. Be back next Tuesday for the Sony Open.